I guess as I moved into my 40s, I, I started realizing that things would, would need to change. Um, and I, I guess part of it was if you sort of look at your life over the coming decade, you wonder what your health is going to be like and how things are, are, are going to go. And, and it wasn't a good picture for me, given the fact that I was, I was drinking fairly heavily and very reg regularly at the time. Um, that said, I had absolutely no idea how to actually change this relationship. Um, it was, you know, alcohol was integrated into every part of my, my business and social life. So I didn't have a clue where to start. Welcome to the tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober, or just plain sober curious, you need a tribe. You need a tribe because it's so hard to do this alone. You need a tribe because you need support. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've got your back. Here at Tribe Sober, we have people at all stages of the journey, all helping each other to stay on track. On this podcast, we've got recovery stories to inspire you, experts to inform you, and plenty of advice on how to ditch the drink and change your life. So here's your host, tribe leader, Janet Gorond. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tribe Sober podcast. My name is Janet Goron. I'm the founder of Tribe Sober, and I'm your host for this podcast. This episode features my conversation with Nick Stevenson. Now, Nick is an interesting kind of guy. He's an investment banker who's also a devoted yoga student. I think you'd agree those two disciplines don't often mesh together. Many of the people in our community have written a goodbye to alcohol letter. But Nick combined his goodbye to alcohol letter with a second letter, which was a love letter to yoga, his new passion. Nick came to a workshop a few years ago, got sober, and since then he's been my co-facilitator for our Joburg workshops. I began our conversation by asking Nick to tell us a bit about himself. Sure. Um, I live in Johannesburg. I've lived here for most of my adult life. Um, I'm 52 years old at the end of the month. And I, at the end of the month, I will also have been married for 30 years to Heidi. So uh, that's quite a fabulous milestone. And then I've, I've got two children. They're both adults now, Andrew and Amy, at 20 and 18 years old. And in terms of working life, um, I started out working as an engineer and I later moved into investment banking which I've been doing for the last 18 years, and I, I'm in my own business. So take us back through the years, Nick. When did you first start to worry about your relationship with alcohol? When did it first occur to you that maybe there was something wrong here? Yeah, I, I guess as I moved into my 40s, I, I started realizing that things would, would need to change. Um, and... I guess part of it was if you sort of look at your life over the coming decade, you wonder what your health is going to be like and how things are are, are going to go. And and it wasn't a good picture for me, given the fact that I was I was drinking fairly heavily and very reg regularly at the time. Um, that said, I had absolutely no idea how to actually change this relationship. Um, it was you know alcohol was integrated into every part of my my business and social life, so. I didn't have a clue where to start. 
Yeah, I think we know, don't we? It's it's at the back of our minds, our conscious minds that, yeah, you know, we've really got to, to make a change here. We've got to stop drinking. But what keeps us trapped is we don't actually know how to do it. Right, it's been quite a few years since you came along to a workshop. Cast your mind back. What were your objectives when you came along? What were you expecting? Um, <laughs> I, f- I fell into the category of one of those people that desperately want to do learn to moderate my alcohol consumption. And the fact that that was an option in the marketing, <laughs> I certainly could never think of stopping completely at the time, I must be honest. Uh, I suppose I, I, so I arrived there with my moderation cap on. And when I left, I, I still had not left that frame of mind. Um, and I went home and I, I had a couple of glasses of wine from a bottle from the night before. Um, but what happened when I was sleeping that, that night, I, I had a very restless evening and I actually changed my view overnight. And when I woke up in the morning, I decided that's it. In fact, this moderation thing for me is going to be too difficult and I needed to stop. And as you know, I, I sent you an email to that effect that morning and I, and, and I haven't done any, any drinking since. <laughs> That's quite interesting how that mindset changed overnight. I, I'm no psychologist, but uh, I think that your subconscious mind was busy processing everything you'd heard during the workshop. And our messages that moderation doesn't work had actually got through. And, and I think part of what happened was I had a whole lot of new information after the workshop. And, and so I had to process that. Um, and, and I think some of the, the, the issues that happened to me after that was I, I jumped into the stop completely box very quickly. Um, and that, that actually was quite difficult. I hadn't prepared myself mentally for that. Um, and so I did, you know, for a, a good week or so, I was, I was fairly depressed about my decision. Um, but, you know, being in a group, like like you've created and being able to to talk to people that are on the journey i think helps helps you out of that that depression quite quickly um but that was an unexpected <laughs> roadblock which i which i hit quite early we always say to people that once your drinking's crossed a line there's no going back there's only going forward going forward to an alcohol free life and then making it a good life so remind me how long it is that you've been alcohol free now so in February it was three years. Um, I can't believe we've been <laughs> we've been communicating for this long. <laughs> but I, I, it was the very best decision I could ever have made. I must be honest. So Nick, how do you feel? I feel fantastic. Um, yeah, and and I guess the the improvements have have been incremental and sustained through the period. You know, so. Uh, it, it just gets better. It doesn't. It doesn't get worse. Indeed. So, so as you know, I I was not in great shape uh, medically. I think physically, I I turned things around. So over the last decade, I've I've lost a lot of weight, um, and I've been on quite a health journey. But you know, the, there was always something missing. So when I would go for these detailed blood tests every three months at the time. Um, you know, my doc- doctor would look at it and go, yeah, no, we've still got a lot of work to do. Um, but what happened after I'd stopped drinking, I think about three months after that, I went for my next test. 
And my doctor almost fell off her chair. She couldn't believe how dramatically many of my tests had turned around to get into the normal range. Um, and, and so really the effects of adrenal fatigue and all the hormonal issues I was having had, had turned around very quickly. Um, and, and the two years before that, uh, with the various medications and supplements I was taking, I didn't have such a dramatic uh, turnaround. So as you had suggested when we first started talking, you said this was probably the biggest health initiative I could make. And I, I didn't take you too seriously at the time, but uh, <laughs> it was, and, 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 and it's very pleasing, yeah. Take us through some of the good things that have happened to you since you stopped drinking. So, so number one is, is certainly the, the health turnaround that I've had, um, and we've just spoken about that, so I won't go into more details on that. The second one is, is something that sort of you only become conscious of after a year or two. And that is that your work performance improves significantly. And, and I, I feel I'm much more effective and I'm much more focused at what I'm doing. Um, so, so that's really been good. Um, and, and sort of allied with that, both sort of at a personal level and at a work level, I'm making much better quality decisions in every aspect of my life. Um, and so there are no more regrets. And, and I guess as well, I'm, I'm setting a really powerful example to my children through the decisions I'm, I've made and, and I'm making now. Um, it does definitely get easier over time. And, and so if for anyone considering uh, an alcohol-free life, uh, you know, just grit through the first while and, and you'll be very pleasantly surprised that, that things become quite effortless. Um, certainly after about six months for me. Um, number five is my sleep quality has improved dramatically. And sometimes I feel when I wake up in the morning, I wake up in the same position I might have gone to bed. Um, so it's a, it's a really deep sleep and, and a high quality of sleep that I'm getting now, which certainly didn't exist uh, during my drinking career. Um, number six is weight control is much easier. Um, I can have a a few bad days in a row of not eating healthy and well, and it doesn't show up as much as it used to when I was still drinking. Um, and then I think the quality of connection and relationships with people improves as well. Um, and I think that also uh, takes time, you know, and, and, and so as the years go along, you actually start appreciating that this is a part of your life that's changing significantly uh, and for the better. Um, and intuitively, I, I have less stress now than I had when I was drinking, and I thought I was drinking to manage stress. Um, but actually, that whole vicious cycle increases your levels of stress. It doesn't manage them downwards. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, a big one is, you know, no more driving under the influence, whether you've had one beer or three or, or something much more reckless. And uh, so when I drive around night night, I'm actually waiting to be stopped and asked to blow on the breathalyzer. And I've been stopped about four or five times, but I've never had to blow. So <laughs> my turn will come. Yeah. And then my, my last one is really, I have a lot more time to do life, you know, and that's, uh, that's a fantastic gift because time is the one thing that you, you can't buy. Wow. There's some beautiful reasons there, Nick. And I like the way you say the benefits keep coming. That's my experience too. It's like that gift that keeps on giving. 
You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober. If you'd like to join our warm and welcoming community, just head on over to tribesober.com and hit the membership tab. That's www.tribesober.com. You inspire us every single workshop with your recovery rocks talk about how much your life has changed since you stopped drinking. You've been facilitating the workshops with me for years now, very generously giving your time and your energy on a weekend. I wanted to ask you really, what's what's in it for you? What benefits do you get from facilitating the workshops? I, I think that there's, there's two things that really make a big difference for me. And, and the one is to be connecting with people that are on this very important journey. Um, I think it's just that connection is is really is really good, and it just keeps me keeps me going. Even still, you know, I don't. Well, I, I might not write a lot on the the various WhatsApp groups and stuff that we're part of. Just seeing your phone light up every now and then with a, is a reminder to say you're you're doing something really special. Um, so it's that connection, and then I think, you know, living a very selfish existence in suburban South Africa, I think the ability to give something back is fantastic and i get tremendous um i just feel tremendous for doing it when when we when we have the opportunity so thanks janet i think it's a it's a wonderful thing you've made available to me oh well thank you for everything that you do for us nick do you remember a while ago we did a survey to people that attended workshops and the results were amazing. We discovered that 44% of the respondents to the survey had stopped drinking for good. I was blown away by that. I was really thrilled. So I wanted to ask you, why do you think we get such good results from just a one-day workshop? I mean, we've got people coming along that have been to AA. They've even been to rehab. Do you remember that lady that had been to rehab 10 times and then she got sober with us? Why do the workshops work Nick, what's your theory? So, firstly, I think it, yeah, it, it actually seems bizarre. Um, but I think, firstly, it's a very good track record. Um, I'm certainly very proud to be one of your positive statistics. <laughs> and, and what is different, or, and I think what is different is, is perhaps World Without Wine isn't a strict rules-based group. Um, and I think that's a really important distinguishing factor where we're quite light on rules and, you know, you adults get on with it and do your thing. You have some, some help and support, um, but there's no, none of these very strict rules of adherence that you've got to follow. And I think, you know, people get it get, some people, uh, don't enjoy that. Um, I, I think as well, we're very informal and I think that is, you know that that format is 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 resonates with with, with a whole lot of people, um, and then I guess as I've seen as we've gone through this, you know, when you when you ask people uh, about the, the, the sort of what do you drink when you don't drink and so forth, what I've noticed is every single person is very different, and so I think this approach that you have works better for people that have different needs. You know, so I've, you know, while I think AA is a really good system for certain people, um, I don't think it covers the entire demographic. Tell me what you say to people when they offer you a drink these days. I know you used to mix with those heavy drinking bankers. You'd be out entertaining clients. I think you still are, actually, aren't you? So how on earth do you cope? What do you say to them? 
I mean, this question was probably one of the most difficult for me to deal with in the early part of this journey. Um, but as I've gone deeper into it, it's become much easier to deal with. So nowadays, I, I will just say, if someone asks me, I'll just say, oh, I don't drink. And if they push me a bit more, I'll, I'll go into my story of, of turning around my health. And, and quite frankly, that is such a precious gift that to, to undo that, I think, would be a horrible situation. So that, that, that's really where I'll go now. But in the beginning, it was tough. I didn't know what to say. Yeah, yeah, me too. I felt embarrassed and apologetic in those early days, hiding in the corner with my virgin gin and tonic, hoping that nobody would notice what was in my glass. In fact, nobody was in the least bit interested. But you always feel so self-conscious, don't you, in those those early days? But as you say, you get more confident over the years. And these days, I quite enjoy saying, I don't drink alcohol. It feels like a superpower, and I enjoy watching the look on people's faces. You can have a lot of fun with it. Now, if you could go back in time and talk to Nick, who was out busy getting trashed with his banker friends, what would you say to him? I think the, the number one message would be to quit sooner, um, because you'll have the benefits for longer. I'm, I'm, I'm really disappointed I had to be deep into my 40s before I made such a decision. Um, if I had done it early in my 40s or perhaps even in my late 30s, I think it would have been a far better result. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's why I'm so thrilled when I see a younger person at the workshop. I'm thinking, well done, you're getting this at the right time. You're nipping it in the bud before it gets out of hand. What have you learned about yourself since ditching the booze? I guess this, is, uh, this journey has been two things. It's been extremely tough in the beginning and it's also been extremely rewarding so and, and I think when you go through tough things and do tough things you come out much more resilient and uh, capable at the end of it doing something that I really thought was impossible um, and, and so you know you, you feel you can do anything you put your mind to once you've done something like this. Yeah, well, as you know, at the workshops, I always say to people at the beginning of the day, this thing is doable. You might be in for a tough few months, but then it's done. And I think once people get their heads around the fact that they're not going to be miserable for the rest of their lives, they start to feel better and they start to feel motivated and they start to do the work. So, yes, they might be a bit miserable for a few months, but then there's a whole new life waiting. So there'll be people listening to this who may be thinking of embarking on this journey. What would you say to them to inspire them? What tips would you give them? How would you help them get started? So firstly, I would say don't procrastinate. If you're having these thoughts already, you know you need to do something, just do it. And, and then I think for, for me, one of the important elements was I made a big decision and I stuck with it. Um, I didn't allow myself the, the sort of cycle of going back to day one again and again. Uh, that, that firm decision for me, and maybe it's just my personality type, but for me that firm decision was very important. And when, uh, when I gave up smoking many years ago, I also went through the cycle. I think I gave up 10 times. Um, and eventually when it stuck, I, I realized it was that, that very firm commitment to yourself that you need to make. Yeah, yeah. And as we both know, it's so much easier just to ditch the stuff completely than to keep trying and failing to cut down. Alcohol is an addictive drug after all. It might be a legal drug, but it is addictive. 
and 20% of regular drinkers will become dependent on alcohol over the years. Now, one of the techniques that we recommend during the workshop is the goodbye to alcohol letter. It seems to be working for a lot of people as we've got an entire website dedicated to people's goodbye to alcohol letters now. Thinking behind it is that we should see alcohol in the same way as we'd see an abusive lover. Someone who comes into your life causing havoc and pain. For me, this is the perfect analogy. And writing a letter is a cathartic experience and it helps you to draw a line under that phase of your life. I wrote my letter on my first soberversary. It's not a great literary effort, but somehow the words just flowed. It came from the heart. When I read it out on the radio, we had calls saying that uh, a couple of ladies had had to pull off the road in their car because they were crying so much because they were listening to this letter and they thought, that's me. It just resonated with them so much. So, Nick, I've got a feeling that you wrote your goodbye letter uh, a little bit sooner than, than I wrote mine. It didn't take you a year to get round to it, did it? My first, it was on my first day sober. So, and, and it, yeah, I, I think it was a really useful exercise to actually write down something and, and sort of focus on it and, and deal with it. Um, so, again, exactly. So, it was, a, it was almost, yeah, it was, a, it was a, a, a feeling of being very final about the decision. The fact that I actually committed to writing something down. Um, I also remember on the workshop when you spoke about this, I thought to myself, "What a silly idea!" <laughs> and and no, and but that's exactly what I thought. And then the next morning, I felt myself writing this damn thing. <laughs> so um, yeah, and 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 so to, to write a little letter to alcohol on your first day of not drinking, um, it's also not much of a literary <laughs> feat, but, um, but again, uh, you know, it, it was, it was, it was from my heart and, and, and I guess that's really what, what mattered. So here it goes. Dear alcohol, we have been lovers for more than 30 years. I've enjoyed our frequent romps together, but lately I ever, I'm not feeling satisfied when we do our thing. The two glasses of nice red last night confirmed this for me. I pushed through to finish that half bottle from the night before, but I didn't enjoy it one bit. I think the love is gone. I also feel that you're jealous of my other lover, Yoga. You're interfering in that very special relationship. I know you have many lovers, but I've tolerated it as we could still have fun most of the time. Why then do you not reciprocate? It would only be fair. Consequently, our relationship has become a lot like doing handstands against the wall. It feels fake. I'd rather try handstands in the middle of the room. It's much more exciting and I feel better for using my muscles to support me as opposed to leaning on the wall like some unattractive banana. So yesterday when I left the workshop, desperately wanting to moderate our relationship, I had a change of mind overnight. On reflection, I think we need to part ways for good. Yours sincerely, Nick. Thank you, Nick. So there you heard Nick's goodbye to alcohol letter. If you want to hear some other goodbye to alcohol letters, then just check into goodbytoletters.com. I'll put the URL in the show notes. Before we close, I just wanted to draw out three points from our conversation. Nick had known for ages that he needed to make a change, but he just had no idea how to do that. 
No idea how to drink less, how to navigate a social life or indeed manage stress without alcohol. Secondly, he came along to the workshop expecting to moderate because he couldn't bear the thought of life without alcohol. But he came along with an open mind, he listened and after sleeping on it, he changed his mind and decided that it would be easier to quit than to moderate and he was absolutely right there. And thirdly, he now feels that because he succeeded in ditching the drink, he can do pretty much anything that he turns his mind to. So if you want to join our tribe and connect with others on this path, just go to tribesober.com and hit join our tribe. So that's it from me. Thanks for listening. Please follow and share the podcast and even leave us a review if you have a moment. I'll be back next week. Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard. It takes courage and grit and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.